Well, hello, lovers and friends. How are you? Thank you for coming on in here and joining me here at None of This Goes Together podcast. I am your host. If you cannot tell, I have no voice. Uh, It's been kind of a little rough journey this past couple of days. I have been inhaling um, all kinds of inhalers and breathing treatments. That's just where I am right now. But no worries. Uh, I'm still here. Uh, I'm definitely going to get what you call. I'm definitely going to get a COVID test tomorrow. I'm not cranking my car at all today. I'm not leaving my house today. Um, I'm just going to stay to myself and just, you know what I'm saying, make it do what it do. I have a couple of rants. One, you will know by the title. Um, Yeah, as usual, who knows where the hell this is going to go. It's probably not going to go very far because I ain't got no damn voice. But stay tuned. I'm looking at my notes. I'm trying to see where we left off at. Uh, First things first, no, I still have not watched any television. Sorry. I'll probably get to it this weekend because I'm really not going to be able to do shit else. Um, the first rant is that in the past week, I have been stabbed in the stomach, not once, but twice by DoorDash. And I'm really against these, um, third party food delivery things. They really get on my damn nerves because the food is never right. And there's no one I can complain to directly. So I'm just at the mercy of what I received. Okay. First time. I went to Chipotle. Well, I didn't go to, but I ordered Chipotle. I really, really wanted it. I had a craving for it. So when I get my food, I always get a chicken burrito bowl. I add extra chicken. I get um, a pinto and black beans, brown rice, um, corn pico, tomato pico, I mean, tomato salsa, that, right? (coughs) Excuse me. So I get my... I get my order. Oh, excuse me. Hold on. Got some coffee. Uh, Get my order. There's no meat in the bowl. No meat. I have what equates to a half a scoop of beans total. Um, The rice is incorrect. I got maybe eight tortilla chips in the bag. It was just, it was wrong. It was just wrong. And I was so disappointed because I had my mouth completely fixed for it. So the second strike, um, I was late for running late for work. So I had to just like order. I didn't have time to stop anywhere and I was starving. Um, Lucky China 8. Yeah, I'm going to say their name because they know they, they need to shut down completely. Now, there's two Lucky China 8s. And the one I'm talking about specifically, I, I guess I probably shouldn't put that. I don't care. We're going we're gonna to go there. It was, which Lucky China 8 was this? View the store, damn it. Where is the store at? Anyways, Lucky China 8 Chinese restaurant. That's their name in DoorDash, right? Now the wings, I will give them credit. They gave me a full-blooded, fully grown chicken wings, right? And there was a bunch of them, okay? Um, and the sauce, the braised sauce was pretty, pretty good. Now the chicken was a little soggy. I think the wings probably should have been fried harder since they were going to be covered in that sauce. I couldn't eat them, but they were all right. The 
rice. Now, the fried rice, A, was supposed to have chicken in it, was not there. I said no onions. The rice had no nothing in it. It was just rice. There was no peas, no carrots, no egg, no chicken, no nothing. Just fried rice. Plain, absolutely nothing in it. I've never been so disrespected. The egg rolls. Now, I thought I was ordering from the other Lucky China 8, and they have the best egg rolls I've ever had. These egg rolls stank. They smelled like old cabbage. It was disgusting. The fortune cookie that's wrapped in plastic was stale. I threw the entire plate in the garbage. Of course, DoorDash would credit you your money back. I didn't want the credit. I wanted my money back because I had no intention of ordering from DoorDash again. But of course, because I'm on the sick and shut-in and I wanted some eggs and grits this morning, I am waiting for my order to come in from a restaurant I've been at before. I know the quality is good. Hopefully, the food is not garbage. Hopefully. Okay, let's get into some black news. I'm going to keep my speakers on. No, I'm going to go ahead and turn them off. Sorry about that. I want to be sure you guys can hear me because, again, I ain't got no damn voice. But black news is Um, American turncoat Robert E. Lee um, from the Civil War era finally has had his statue removed in Charlottesville, Virginia. Charlottesville got a thing where they hold on to the Confederate um, turncoats. Um, it was a bunch of legal ground, um, legal paperwork that had to be done, but his statue was removed and it was given over to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center. And reports are that they are going to melt it down, which I applaud. Now, I wanted to be mad. I wanted to immediately start a petition for the Jefferson School to change their name because we don't need anything black associated with Thomas Jefferson. Um, but see, there is a lot of history behind the school. They were the the only segregated school for black folks between 1926 and 1951, I believe, in that era. Um, but they are uh, on the National Register of Historic Places. So I doubt, seriously, they can change the name, although I'm sure you know, everything that's done can be undone. So who knows? But the statue is going to be no more. They're going to melt it down, and I don't know what they're going to use the material for, but there's that. Okay, I saw this picture on Twitter, and it looked like, you know how you see a picture and it looks like it's wrong, but you don't know why it's wrong? Um, and when it was pointed out to me, I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe I've never seen that before. It was a medical illustration of a woman and the fetus, and it was so odd to me because they were black. Now, if you don't know, I happen to have a bachelor's of science in biology that I'm not using. And so I have been looking at biological illustrations for a long time, a long periodical time. And so I have never, from the ninth grade on through college, I have never seen a medical illustration of black folk. And I was so moved by it. And I think it got picked up by CBS, was it CBS Morning News, the one with Gail and him? With Nate Burleson and his fine self on there? I think it was CBS. It, anyway. Um, the student's name, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the first name. His last name is Ebay. He is an Algerian student in the Ukraine. He's a medical student studying to be a neurosurgeon. Um, and he basically saw that there was a need and he provided it. He is a medical illustrator now. Um, let's see, for quote, several medical journals, including, oh, I didn't write the one that it's including, but 
including one for uh, neurosurgery. Um, I mean, incredibly gifted and such a need because there are skin conditions that look different on black skin. Fever looks different on black skin. And it's, it's wild that in 2021, as long as medicine has been quote unquote modern medicine, there's never even been an attempt made for any kind of medical illustrations that depicted what things look like on black skin. So kudos to him. And it just goes to show you we're, we're never, we're never far, um, enough in our journey to stop uh, being the first of and, and being innovators of. So kudos to him. Um, if you want to Google it, his last name is I-B-E. Just, just Google I-B-E and um, Black Medical Illustration, something like that. But yeah, go check it out. It's beautiful. Okay, now this is Black news, I promise. It's petty Black news, but hell, whatever. So we talked about Christopher Cuomo um, losing his little job at CNN for helping his brother out, right? His ace boon coon, Don Lemon, may be in, maybe not as hot water, but he might be in some lukewarm water. Because you see, um, this actor, Jesse Smollett, is on trial or was on trial before he was found guilty. Plot uh, killer there. Um, he He was found guilty of falsifying... A hate crime, basically. So let me just give you the rundown. So Jesse Smollett decided the coldest fucking weekend in Chicago, literally a polar vortex, that he, um, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> that he was snatched up or robbed or so- something, um, and that these white people in Southside Chicago at this random subway at three o'clock in the morning were yelling racial uh, epithets and and talking about him because he's gay and, and talking about him because of the show he's on that not many white people know about. It was a mess. And so the Nigerian twins, brother, I think they're twins, um, were scooped up by the police at an airport and they snitched on Jesse immediately. Um, so Jesse's on trial for faking the funk, basically, because he wanted his character to receive more airtime, contract, some kind of bullshit dealing with the show, and they fired him. So he's on trial, and he quickly said that Don Lemon tipped him off, I think via text message, that they were lo- that the authorities were looking at him for faking this whole story. Now, I'm not sure if Don did anything necessarily wrong, because I'm not sure how Jesse wouldn't have known that he was going to be under investigation. Like, I don't understand. There would be no situation where someone from the Chicago PD, or if it, if it picked up federally, I don't know, I didn't pay enough attention. If they had told Don Lemon on air, they were investigating whether or not this was um, a falsified report. I mean, if they said it on live television, how would you have not known? Like, I don't know how it's that he got, quote, tipped off because he didn't run anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. Um, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think Jesse was trying to throw everybody under the rug that he could. But that just shows you that you really ain't got no friends out here. All right. I know I forgot to mention this Tuesday. Um, David sell stocks before admitting to my constituents that COVID is actually serious Purdue is now throwing his hat in the race and running for the governor of Georgia. Um, if you, if you were confused by what I said, David Purdue and his counterpart, Kelly Loeffler, um, were trying to convince their Republican constituents in Georgia that COVID was no more serious than the flu, 
and you know we shouldn't be on quarantine we shouldn't have to wear masks etc as they were mass selling stocks that would have significantly decreased in value had the public known how severe covid was so david lost um to john ossoff now what's funny is he wants to be governor of Georgia, and he's basically saying he will do anything it takes so that Stacey Abrams is not the governor of Georgia. But baby, John Ossoff ran you off television and ran you into hiding. Literally, no one has seen David Perdue since the debate that he didn't want to have with John Ossoff, in which John Ossoff called him out about his trifling ways. Um, So I'm not sure what you're going to do, because trust and believe, Stacey, if, if another Republican doesn't bring it up, Stacey Abrams is going to bring it up and she's going to be all in your ass about where you've been and why nobody's heard from you. And she's still going to bring up the ethics of your your movements the last couple of months that you were in office. So, I mean, whatever. OK, we have some gerrymandering lawsuits coming up. Um, the first is actually from the Justice Department themselves. They're suing Texas over their gerrymandering and discriminated against black people and Latino voters. Uh, duh, that's the whole purpose. Um, but also, we've got lawsuits coming up in Wisconsin and Ohio. And the um, biggest one that I saw um, was that the North Carolina primaries have been delayed until May by the North Carolinian Supreme Court um, over two lawsuits, one by the New, uh, North Carolina NAACP and the North Carolina League of Conservation Voters, Um, They are suing because of the recently redrawn districts that was approved by the Republican, um, the Republican run General Assembly last year. They're saying that it's a whole bunch of tomfoolery going on with the districts and how they're being redrawn. So uh, no candidates can file right now. And the primaries have been pushed back until May of 2022. Up in NYC. Mayor Bill de Blasio is implementing sweeping vaccine, COVID vaccine mandates for all private employers in the city, regardless of, um, well, regardless if you're private or public. So all private employers are also covered in this mandates. All in-person employees are covered. There's no option for weekly testing. Now the rules are supposed to come out December 15th um, and they're going to effect on December 27th. Of course, there's already people jumping up, trying to sue, trying to stop us from being implemented. But as of right now, December 15th, you're going to have to be uh, vaccinated, period, to work in the city of New York. Okay, so I saw this lawsuit and I get where they're going, but I have no sympathy because why would you do such a thing? Um, In terms of all the alcoholic beverages, nothing is more disgusting than beer. I know this for a fact. Um, And so the only reason to drink beer would be to get some sort of a buzz. So for people who want a non-alcoholic beverage, I just don't understand why you would jump up and look for non-alcoholic beer. But some people do. um, And Heineken happens to make a non-alcoholic beer, or at least we thought they did. Now, it's called Heineken 0.0 because it's not supposed to have any alcohol because it's supposed to be a non-alcoholic beer. But some type of survey study... Uh, indicates that this beer can contain as much as 0.3% alcohol. Now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot to me, but if your purpose is to not consume any alcohol, maybe you're dealing with sobriety issues, but I think that you shouldn't be drinking anything called beer if you're trying to be sober. But anyway, um, 
So there's now a lawsuit. I'm sure it's going to become a class action lawsuit. I'm sure it's going to be uh, extensive. It's funny to me because, ew, I can't imagine what beer by itself is gross. I can't imagine if you take out the yeast and the whatever makes it alcoholic, probably tastes like piss. I don't know what piss tastes like, but I'm sure that would be it. Uh, going back to NYC for a minute, they now have some sort of measure in place. They're going to allow uh, non-citizen immigrants, I like that term, by the way, to vote for mayor and other municipal offices. Um, non-citizen immigrant does not mean, quote, undocumented. It does not mean that they're in the country illegally. They have to be in the country legally. They have to have been in the city for 30 days, and they have to have at least a work permit. I think it's a great idea. I mean, why do these people have to wait 10, 15 years to be a part of our electoral process? That's a part of what comes with being over here. And I mean, hell, they pay, they pay in taxes. They are paying taxes. Trust me. If they're getting a regular check, they are paying taxes. And as a tax-paying, law-abiding citizen, you should be able to fully, um, well, not citizen, as a, as a tax-paying, law-abiding person in this country, you should be able to participate in those type of processes. Um Kudos to them. I know there's a lot of um, lawsuits that are, I'm sure, going to come down the pipeline to put a stop to it. But for now, that's the case in NYC. All right. So the Federal Trade Commission um, is going to place a pinky toe on the neck of Amazon. They have come out with this statement that says the Amazon search results are full of unlawfully deceiving ads. And my question is, was it their first day using Amazon? Did we not know that? It's just like using any type of Google product. As soon as you mention something or go on another website, there's going to be all of these ads as if, you know, they're not listening to you or they're not tracking your movements across the interweb or whatever we're calling it. Um, duh, that's how they make profit. Uh, I don't know if anything's going to come of that, but I think it's weird that they are saying that now. I mean, where were you five years ago? Uh, another lawsuit um, this one's stemming from the high school shooting in Michigan. Um, two sisters, one of which was hit in the neck, another one who was right next to her sister, um, the one that got in the neck, and their parents are suing the school district, school district officials for $100 million. I'm sure there will be additional webs, uh, lawsuits, but they're saying that this was entirely preventable. I agree that it was. Uh, by all accounts at this point, it was completely preventable. $100 million, and this is only one family. So I'm sure the other families are going to make, um, when they hear of it, they're going to put their hat in the, in the put the hat in, what am I trying to say? They're going to jump in and also sue, either be a part of this lawsuit or an additional one, an additional one. So, yeah. Another lawsuit, um, I never talked about this particular incident on the podcast because I don't care about the person, but it is very dangerous. Um, the Astro World Music Festival um, shenanigans in which people were trampled to death, etc. Um, there is a Houston law firm by the name of Brent Kuhn and Associates suing for $10 billion. I tried to find this from a different, a couple different, like, more credible sources, and I haven't seen it, but I've seen it from a couple websites, just none that I would say were quote-unquote credible. Um but Mr. Kuhn is representing 1,500 attendees in this $10 billion lawsuit. There's another one that's, I think, 2 or $3 billion um, that represents other people. But Mr. Kuhn is um, a lawyer who covers high-profile mass tragedies in the U.S. 
he also says that he was or he runs a concert promotion company. So basically he's saying, I know how this thing is supposed to go. And Astroworld failed at every possible locate uh, every possible area um, of safety and things like that. So they're suing the shit out of Travis Scott. I don't think he got 10 billion. I don't know if Kylie got 10 billion, but that what they doing. Okay, we spoke a little bit uh, a while ago about the Kellogg strike, and we've got a little bit of an update. So I guess there's no longer a strike, um, but Kellogg's taking their war against fair treatment of employees full blast. They are permanently replacing the strike workers with scabs. The scabs are going to become permanent employees at the company um, with the contract that the union rejected. Um, they're going to be paid, I think, probably still a little bit more, but they're not going to get any benefits, no pension, et cetera. So the shitty treatment that the employees said we don't want before they went on strike, that's what Kellogg's going to give to the scab workers. Um, I think it's very much on brand that the CEO is called, the company is calling the union basically greedy for rejecting the six contracts that they offered. But the CEO took home $11 million more in 2020. So that's just for the proof that trickle-down economics is some bullshit. Um, the rich want to get richer, and they don't want to share or make any kind of pathway for people who aren't rich to become rich. Exhibit A. Okay, you don't know this, but I totally took a break. Um, <clears throat> my food got here. Uh, what are we talking about? Okay, so speaking of food, um, if you are from the South and you or you've traveled in the South, you know of the institute known as Publix. Publix. Um, it's a grocery store that's, you know, bougie. It's more expensive than Walmart, but less crowded because it's more expensive. Uh, just the quality of product there is better. The stores are always cleaner. They always have more than one um, cashier there. The customer service is a, a top notch there. The prepared meals that they have there um, are edible and very good, where well seasoned. They have the best store-bought potato salad, hands down on earth. Um they also, their produce is uh, washed in the blood of the lamb. It is kissed by God above. Uh, just a great store. So unfortunately for the family that owns Publix, they lost a member of the the family. Uh, Carol Jenkins, who I'm pretty sure I saw in a Publix commercial before, but maybe that was Kroger. I don't remember. Um, she was 65 years old, which is very young. She was diagnosed uh, about five years ago with young onset Alzheimer's, which sounds scary. Um, she's one of seven kids. Her portion of the public, because their father uh, founded it, but he passed away. Her portion of what she owned of the public's brand is estimated at $2.1 billion. I would have never guessed the public's would be worth that much for one person to have $2.1 billion and still got to share with six other people. Damn. But unfortunately, you know, our condolences to the family. 65 and Alzheimer's. That's that's very young. That's very young. Okay, I was perusing the Facebook streets. Don't judge me. I know that's, you know, elephant graveyard. I don't care. I'm an OG on the social media thing. So, you know, I'm saying I'm cool on any block. I love Facebook for certain things. Um, there was a post uh, by a page, God Beyond Bars. And I clicked on the page. They are a ministry. And so what they do is they minister to incarcerated individuals. Um, and they have this, um, I guess it's a project called Captives Set Free. And they have developed an app called Pando app, P-A-N-D-O app, where you can donate directly to 
um, incarcerated individuals. So the the post that I saw was pretty cool. It was uh, one church individual where they were giving money to the parents, um, incarcerated parents, so that they could purchase for their children Christmas gifts. And that really touched my heart. Um, you can actually donate through the Pando app. I think it says $18 is the cost of that app uh, on a tablet for someone incarcerated for the year. So they actually, because of the pandemic, they haven't been able to do like in-person ministry. So they're just raising funds to get their app on as many tablets of uh, people in, incarcerated as possible so that they can have access to the ministry and, and you know, touch and agree and fellowship and all that um, through technology. And um, like I said, I was really touched by that. Now they'll definitely be getting a donation from me before the year's out. Um, I like I like when churches do actual ministry. I, I'm appreciative. All right, let me skip back. We talked about um, Kellogg's and how bad they're doing their people. Well, we have another union. Oh, and this is good coffee. Sorry. We have a good uh, new union. Uh, there is a Starbucks, uh, one Starbucks in particular in Buffalo. Their employees voted to form a union. As of right now, it is the only union in the Starbucks empire. Um, and it is a standalone union just for that particular store. I'm sure it's going to spread throughout. And I'm interested to see how corporate, Starbucks corporate, did I say call them Star Wars? I feel like I called them Star Wars. Anyway, um, interesting to see how uh, Starbucks corporate responds to this union and what their demands would be. I assume livable wages would be one, but we'll see. Okay, so the U.S. decided that they're not going to send government officials to Beijing, um, but the athletes can still go. I don't understand what the point is. I don't know if I talked about this already, but if so, just keep going. Um, and this is supposedly over the treatment of the Uyghur Muslims and the internment camp. Um, excuse me, I think this response is late and tired. I'm not impressed. If all you're going to do is uh, not go to the Olympics, but the athletes can still go, but, you know, the president won't wave at them or... Other members of, you know, the government aren't going to be there to wave at the athletes uh, in a pandemic anyway. I'm just not sure that you've gone far enough. Um, but Beijing is big mad about it. They said that um, that it violates the Olympic spirit. And actually, they're correct. The whole point of the Olympics is to set, you know, political differences aside for the sake of sports and let us all, you know, unify over sports. But as we've seen in, in past Olympics, that's not the case because we have athletes making political statements you have countries making political statements i.e taiwan not being able to compete as taiwan they have to compete as chinese taipei and then having um athletes without a home uh, able to compete under like a just an olympic flag because of whatever's going on in their home country or their citizenship so i mean it's not new to politicize uh participation in the olympics but again i'm just not buying that your whole thing of, of trying to stand for the Uyghur Muslims is to boycott, uh, administratively boycott the Olympics. Not with it. All right. So I saw this article um, and I looked into it a little bit further. There is now a 3D printed um, suicide pod that is legal in Switzerland. Um, assisted suicide is legal in a few other European countries, but in Switzerland specifically, this company called Sarco has made this and I guess an organic way to go for people with, you know, terminal illnesses and they have to go through the legalese to prove that they're suffering tremendously and that they can't be 
saved or helped or their their situation will never get better kind of deal. Um, because as it stands now, you have to have a prescription for um, sodium pentobarbital. Um, let's see, what can I break down from that? Sodium, okay. Barbital, it's an alcohol. Pinto, five bonds or five chains or something. Uh, let me not lie. Anyways, that's the prescription. And with this pod, they're saying you don't need that drug. It's just increasing your nitrogen intake and decreasing your oxygen until you pass away. Um, and so this company, they plan to have these things up and running by 2022. It's a it's a cause that I champion. I do agree with being able to go on your own terms um, before you lose autonomy and you have family members that you don't agree with that hasn't even really done anything for you speaking on your behalf, especially if you have, you know, that one child that is going to keep you quote unquote alive, even though you're not able to see anything, hear anything, taste anything, smell, you know what I mean? Like you can't be you. Um, I agree with it. I, I'd like to see it come to the U S honestly, but it probably won't because people feel the way they feel about it. But I thought that was pretty cool news. Now, we know the heritage, the culture of the Europeans is thievery. Theft is what they do best. Um, there are some religious artifacts that are sacred to the Christians of Ethiopia that Great Britain acknowledges they have and refuses to release to them. They Then they go a step further in saying that it's against the law to give Ethiopia their shit back. And then they go on to say, um, the best they can do is a loan. They can loan them their own, they can loan Ethiopia their stuff back, but they can't have it. There are some uh, tablets. Um, I think, I don't know if they signify the Ark of the Covenant or if they believe they are the Ark of the Covenant, but whatever it is, it was something that they stole back in 1868 in battle. Yeah, 1868. And so, um, propo- uh, Kids, not kids, people in Great Britain and the UK are saying this is bullshit. There is the way that the law is written that they're quoting. Is, there are loopholes that they can use to give Ethiopia their stuff back because this, these artifacts are not even being used in the museum. Nobody can see it. It's locked away in a vault. So you're not using it for um, furtherance of any cultural re- recognition or cultural education you're not using it for science or anthropology or anything like that. You just have it and you won't give it back, which is very much like Great Britain. Not very much like Germany, who um, earlier this year gave back some artifacts to the ancient kingdom of Benin, which is present day Namibia. So um, maybe they'll get their stuff together. Maybe we'll have to get louder about our demands that they return um, to Ethiopia uh, that which belongs to it. So I can't remember if I saw this last night, early this morning, don't judge me, but the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange, is um, per the British high court, they are going to be uh, extraditing his ass back to the U.S. to stand trial. Um, He had asylum somewhere and then they revoked it. He went in hiding somewhere and then he got detained and then somehow he ended up in the U.K. And so the U.K. through court is saying, well, he has to go back. Now, the charges, I think, are espionage and, I think, hacking government computer. Um, Now, his co-conspirator, Chelsea Manning, um, I think has already done her time, I believe. I'm not fully sure. But the information that was leaked by uh, Wikilinks was pertaining to basically the, you know, war on terror or weapons of mass destruction, the snafu over in Iran and Iraq. I mean, uh, 
Iraq and Afghanistan, basically showing that the military was killing a whole bunch of civilians um, over there. And amongst some other stuff, it was a lot of documents that were leaked, but he's going to find himself extradited on back to the U.S. of A to stand trial uh, in what I'm sure will be somewhere on TV. I won't be watching it, but. Uh, now, over in Africa, uh, specifically in Saudi Arabia, they have, well, most of like the North Africa. I know Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, they have these um, camel competitions, what I call them. It's like a camel farm, and it's also like, you know, a beauty contest, and they auction off the, the best camel. It's, you know, it's cultural. It's stuff that they do. Um, now, this particular camel uh, beauty contest was busted up. Uh, 40 or so of the camels were dis, uh, disqualified because of Botox, uh, facelifts, hormonal injections, body inflations. Basically, the girl, the camels were getting all kinds of BBLs and such and carrying on to make them look more appealing and win this beauty contest. Um, it's funny to me, but like I can see Americans do the same thing just with their kids. Um, I did not know this, nor do I still believe this, but apparently the U.S. is still banging with Russia over a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Robinette met with Putin via, I think, Zoom or something, um, and they having some issues with the Ukrainian invasion or occupation of Ukraine still, uh, among other things. Now, I don't believe, of course, Putin does what he wants to do, as he always has, um, and it's hard for it's probably difficult for him to perceive that America is serious about anything because in the last four years, he's been able to, well, not the last four years, but since Hoggis Greeley was in office, he was able to do what the fuck he wanted to do. So I don't think it's going to help anything. I think that Robinette is threatening some kind of economic hardship, um, but why are we in business with Russia in the first place? So probably nothing will come of it, but they, they talk, they talk. All right, let's get into some collegiate basketball. Let's see, top five, uh, Alcorn, of course, lost to Baylor women's 40-94, to 94. damn. On Thursday night, you had Georgia Tech um, with a major upset against UConn, 57-44, to 44. major upset. UConn uh, has won the last 239 games against an unranked opponent, and Gene, Gino, what's his name? Coach Oriyama, he basically has no faith in the rest of the girls. He doesn't know what they're going to do. I know their main girl is gone, Paige Buckers, Buckers, Bickers. The Paige girl is gone. But surely UConn, you, you got some other hitters that can not lose to Georgia Tech. But anyways, big ups to Georgia Tech. Uh, and for the men's, you had Gonzaga beating Merrimack 80-55. And you had a major, major upset of the number one team undefeated but not anymore Purdue losing to Rutgers 70 to 68 and let's see um schools that I care about let's see uh, Pittsburgh oh shit I didn't even get the score hold on hold on hold on I gotta do this right I also have a different keyboard in don't judge me there we go so um Pittsburgh men La beat Colgate, I'm sorry, 71 to 68 on Thursday. Um, for the Gulf Coast Conference, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. For the Gulf Coast Conference, we have Rust College women's beating Stillman 78 to 72 in overtime. And then uh, they lost by a lot to Union University on Thursday, uh, 44 to 78. 
And then in the SWAT conference, you had Jackson State women beating Arkansas 66-62. And down the MEAC, you had Pittsburgh beating Coppin State 67-51 for the women. Um, let's see. For SEAC, Benedict beat Edward Waters. I'm going to close my speakers. Sorry. Benedict beat Edward Waters 73-68. to uh, Miles College women beat Colic Atlanta 66-62. Um, that's it for the collegiate basketball. But you sit right there because we got some things to talk about. Okay, so Tuesday, you had the Lakers beating the Celtics 117 to 102. Jason Tatum had 34 points. LeBron had 30 points. AD had 17 points. It was the best Lakers game I had seen all year. It, they had finally put the pieces together, executing from first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter. It was beautiful. Yes, the Boston Celtics are here and there like the Lakers are, but it was a great game. And then you had the Blackhawks losing to the Rangers 6 to 2. And then Wednesday, Wednesday we had Philly beating Charlotte 110 to 106. Excuse me, despite a 31 point effort from Gordon Hayward, Joel Embiid had 32 points. Um, Charlotte still without five players, I believe, for COVID up until I think the 14th is when is how long they're going to be out. Uh, for Cleveland, listen, Cleveland is not playing this year. They do not suck. They beat Chicago by a lot, 115 to 92. You had Garland, Mobley, who I think is a rookie, and Markkinen, who used to play for Chicago, all with plus or minus at 20 or above. It was, I mean, it was Chicago was outplayed from day one. It was ridiculous. Uh, Golden State beating Portland 104-94. Uh, Steph was 6 of 17, not the best shooting night for him, but he's now only 10 threes away from breaking Ray Allen's record. Um, let's see. Denver beat New Orleans 120-114. Jokic had 39 points, 11 assists, and 11 rebounds. Dallas beat Memphis 104-96. Luka had 26 points. KP had 19 points. Luka Doncic is fat as hell. He fat. There's no, he's fat, and he has to get in shape. He got to get in shape. And um, let's see, the Atlanta Gladiators lost to Jacksonville 3-1. Who? Last night, I'm going to have to break this up to really give y'all what I want to give y'all. So the Blackhawks beat Montreal 2-0. to zero, And the College Park Skyhawks won a game. The first win of the season, they beat the Long Island Nets 117-98. I didn't get any individual stats because I really wanted to get into this shit here. So just sit tight. So last night, I think I was watching some other basketball game. And I said, well, let me go watch the Lakers game. And I ended up falling asleep on it. So I had to watch it when I woke up. Um, they played the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sorry, the Lakers played the Grizzlies, but I didn't say that before. Whew. And up until the third quarter, I thought, okay, all right, nah. They lost 108 to 95. And all I'm going to say as pertains to the Lakers um, I don't know if you saw the title of this episode, but I told y'all, I have been saying for two seasons, Anthony Davis is soft. I've whispered it to be nice. Anthony Davis is soft. He's soft. Even when his, even when the stat line looks like something you could hang your head on, if you watch him play, there's no intensity, there's no energy whatsoever. It's like he's just there for the check. 
any player that will tell you what position they're not going to play and it's the position they would play best in, it's full of shit. You are a five. Get your ass down there in the paint and make some shape. Soft. Boy, soft. The Lakers are, of course, not winning a championship. But more than that, I just, I don't, are they playing tournament bound? At this point, you're relying on LeBron. Yes, LeBron, you know, he's had a couple of really good games. And LeBron is not young. He's not a spring chicken. I know he puts a lot into his his upkeep. I get all of that. But he's still 37. He's still 37. You need someone young. AD's not even 30. What is the problem, bruh? What is what is the what is the holdup? Why can't you do what we know you can do? Where why are why are you refusing to be as aggressive as you need to be to get the job done in an effective way? They lose double digit leads, they lose close games, they have to go to overtime, they be losing in overtime. And, and now, like I said, up until the third quarter, they kind of had a shot. But there was no, it's like AD ain't got no heart on the court. It's it's piss poor effort. It's shameful. And like I said, at this point, I'm watching the Lakers purely for entertainment because they he on some track softer than baby puppies. All right, I'm finishing up. So let me just give you guys the um, sports roundup really quick, news wise. So you remember way back last year, uh, that horse that won the Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit, that got disqualified because the owner, Bob Baffert, who has since been banned for however many years he's been banned, was injecting it with some kind of unfair, illegal substance. Well, the three-year-old horse has died. The horse died suddenly after training, um, probably drug-related. I think they should do a full autopsy and charge him with some kind of animal cruelty or something, because I'm sure there's no reason a horse is healthy enough to run in the Kentucky Derby one year, drops dead the next year. And by the way, what happened to his appeal? I guess they threw it out the window because he's full of shit. Um, let's see. College football head uh, head coaches. So Jeff Tedford, who um, is returning to Fresno State as the football head coach, he left in 2019 for health reasons, so he's back as the head coach. Um, Mac McIntyre, who was the defensive coordinator at Memphis, he is now the head football coach at Florida International. We're still waiting for Duke and Temple. Um Duke has some rumors that Jason Garrett is going to get that job. Now, if you don't know, Jason Garrett was a hapless head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And then I believe he is the defensive coordinator this year for the Giants, who are doing absolutely nothing. So I'm not sure what he would do at Duke. Um, who, well, they ain't been doing nothing either. So there's that. Um, and last but not least for the sports update, New England Patriots quarterback one, Mac Jones, has applied for a trademark for Mac 10. Um Sources are saying it's possibly for a clothing line. I have a problem with this. Um, the only reason that Mac 10 is fashionable or cool or cute is because of the rapper Mac 10. Now, I don't know why Mac 10 doesn't have his own trademark or doesn't own that name in whatever branch, whatever type of patent that Mac Jones is trying to get it in. But that just shows like you're. Um, I just don't think it's ethical for you as a Caucasian. To be like, oh, okay, this name is cool and cute because of, maybe he doesn't know that it's cool and cute because of a, a rapper. I don't know, but someone should educate him. Um, I just got a problem with it. You you can't be Mac 10. You are Mac Jones because Mac 10 is a rapper from the West Coast. I, I'm not with it. I got so mad about that. I'm, 
I'm sorry. I got a whole another list of, of notes. Let's get into it. So in the last episode, we talked about my alma mater. We talked about Pearl Moore Night. And I said I was going to divulge what that was. And I forgot. Pearl Moore uh, attended Francis Marion College. Um, she is the four-time All-American. She is the all-time career scoring leader for women's college basketball. Uh, she completed her collegiate um, career with 4,061 points. She's third on the all-time collegiate scoring list of both men and women. Um, this was pre- She averaged 30 points a game without a three-point. They didn't have three-point shooting back then. And she is Women's Basketball Hall of Fame Class of 2011. I felt like Ms. Moore deserved her own um, segment, so I did that. Uh, so back to the college football thing. So Oklahoma hired uh, Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables as their new head coach, which makes sense because they don't have any defense Oklahoma whatsoever. However, comma, Clemson is in the ACC. Um, Oklahoma is moving to the SEC where um, you're going to have to have some defense to win. I don't know if this is a – I mean, it would be better defensively, but are they going to be able to compete in the SEC? I do not think so. Troy – they hired Kentucky assistant coach John Sumrall as their new head coach. Uh, Louisiana promoted from within. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? Michael, oh shit, D- uh, DeSomu, yeah, as their new head coach. He has a very Cajun spelling. Um, Akron hired oh, uh, the hired Oregon offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead as their head coach, and Louisiana Tech hired Texas Tech offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie as their head coach. Miami, after all the shit they kicked up, indeed fired their head coach and they gave the Oregon head coach, Cristobal, um, a deadline to accept their offer, the nerve. And let's see, Southern Methodist, they hired Miami offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, as their head coach. So again, the only two we have left for defensive, um, for division one, um, at least not for HBCUs, is Dallas, no shit, Duke and Temple. Okay, so I've run my mouth for as long as I can. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me and putting up with the voice. Um, I've had some coffee now. My throat feels better. I also have had a really good breakfast. My DoorDash delivery this time was legit. But again, it's on my side of town, not like the other side of town where the bad orders came from. Well, actually, that's not true. But anyways, they got one out of three. I still probably won't refer to them if I don't have to. Um as always, you can, oh, before I get to that, so this weekend, I'm just going to give you a heads up of things that you should be paying attention to. So Friday night is Lakers and OKC. Again, I watch these people for entertainment and they, OKC beat them twice now. We're going to see, we're going to see what's going on. I think OKC beat them twice. Didn't OKC beat their asses twice? Lakers, OKC. Mm-mm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they beat them twice. Um, so that's on Friday. And then Saturday, we got some uh, big things going on. UConn women play UCLA, see if they can bounce back from that loss. Excuse me, to Georgia. I just said what it was. Was it Georgia Tech? I feel like it was Georgia Tech. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, also, Saturday, um, Oakland Warriors take on Philly. Um, and it's hypes high possibility that Steph breaks the record at that game. He's only 10, 
threes away, you know, that's that's absolutely probable that Steph could do 10 threes in a game. Um, and then Sunday, you've got the Purdue men take on North Carolina State again, see if they can bounce back from their loss. Um, Gonzaga and Washington men are scheduled to play Sunday, but, you know, Washington men have been canceling games, forfeiting games because of um, their COVID being ran through with COVID. Um, so just watch to see if that game is played and how they play and how many they play with. Uh, also Sunday, you've got Baylor and Villanova men, a top 10 matchup. You've got South Carolina and Maryland women, a top 10 matchup. And uh, Monday, you have Oakland Warriors taking on Indianapolis Pacers. If for some reason Steph does not break the record Saturday, he will be breaking it on Monday. So that's what we look forward to. Before I come see you guys again on Tuesday, please stay safe this weekend. Um, Yeah, take care of yourself. For real. Drink your water. Do all that. Uh, and I will see you on Tuesday or see you. You know what I mean, damn it. Uh, if you want to listen to the other episodes of this podcast, hit me up, uh, anchor.fm slash razzle dazzle, anchor.fm slash razzle dazzle. You can listen, leave a comment, whatever. Uh, yeah, stay up, stay peaceful and all that jazz.